All right, this is Nick, and once again, I just want to remind you that, yes, I'm on YouTube with Kyle Gothi from Goat Film Reviews. Uh, we are on YouTube with Kyle and Nick on Film. We critique two movies a week, and every Saturday is Scary Movie Saturday. We got some great content coming up for the end of the year. We do have a Patreon for that show. Check out the Patreon for some great options to tell us what to do. And um, go ahead and find us and like and subscribe. We greatly appreciate it as well. It's Kyle Nick on film with now Scary Movie Saturdays. Okay, he says he's ready. So, Eric, it's dedication time. Eric, what would you like to dedicate this episode to? Well, first off, I would like to dedicate this uh, to my brother, whose birthday it is today. He, no kidding. Yeah, it's his birthday. So Happy uh, birthday, man. Happy birthday, Alex. Uh, uh, he's in Vegas right now, so enjoy. Uh, oh, you can't give him the birthday kick in the stomach or anything. Punch, uh, no, punch no. In the face, yeah. uh, I can't, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, I, I told him to watch out for the for the, for the the greatest uh, Las Vegas act, uh, the great Scam Demi. You know, he comes uh, in and he's like, hey, I'll take your uh, credit card and such, and I'll guess the numbers. It's a... It's, it's a Love and hate to have a brother and you like video games. Oh, especially. Yeah, so you can constantly <laughs> compete with each other and yeah. Yeah, fighting yeah. games, we especially Smash Brothers. And then you gotta and then you lose and you gotta hear about it for the rest of the week and yeah. Exactly. All right, well, what's his name? Uh Alex. Happy birthday, Alex. All right, we're back on the show, and today we have... Oh, it's Eric Forsman. Forsman. Um, you can follow Eric on, uh, I believe, you're on Instagram. I know you're on there. Yep. Um, you actually ran into me at Twin Cities Con. I didn't recognize you at first, because <laughs> you were in disguise. Yes. You, you uh, were in a good good disguise. This is why I didn't recognize you. I was Waldo, you know. <laughs> you know, I was I was always hiding in the crowd. <laughs> is that the first time you wore Waldo? Uh, yes. Yeah. This, is, this was the first time I wore Waldo. You know, I don't... <laughs> Like I feel like there's always there's three co- cosplays you ca- you have to be in. You right. it's either Deadpool, Harley Quinn, Waldo. They're, you're always going to be guaranteed to find at least three of them in uh, in any Comic Con setting. Right. When I used to be a young teenage kid and I didn't have a gut, I could probably pull off Spider Man, but I just I got this protruding thing over yeah. my waist that just not going to look right. Yeah, I'm going <laughs> to look more like Spider Pig if I do. Yeah. Yeah. So, I didn't recognize you. But I was like, oh my god, it's Waldo, and I'm talking to Waldo, and then you're like, hey, it's Eric. Oh, that's right. You're in, yeah. <laughs> you're not Waldo. Yeah, we yeah. Uh, we yeah. met at uh, Twin Cities uh, Twin Cities Comic Con, but before then, we also met, I believe, at uh, Z Fest, the first Z Fest. Uh, yeah, just this year. Yep, this year, and uh, yeah, this year, like uh, I definitely made uh, the mark of, you know, because it was my first Z Fest film with Imaginary Rehab, and that got yeah, and you know, I was surprised. That was that kind got, of a sleeper hit. It was like seriously. I got told like you know by some people like oh you should have been nom-, like I got four nominations which I was surprised and I was glad about uh, costumes. I thought I was glad about uh, supporting actor and actress which I I'm absolutely great with the cast and uh, best villain as well which was from my supporting actor. And uh, one of the things a lot of people came up to me about was like oh man you should have had a uh, you know that best actor nom as well and I'm like wow that's uh that's pretty great. And yeah. So can we just give a little synopsis for the people from around the world what the, the imaginary yeah. therapy was? <laughs> imaginary rehab. Rehab therapy. So yeah, imaginary rehab is basically this therapy group of uh, stars a character named Chippy the Clown. It's basically about characters that are no longer being believed in. There's a uh, Chippy the Clown, which is like a kid's imaginary friend. There's a uh, Valgard, who was like the boogeyman. Yeah. Princess Tammy was like this. Uh, girls uh little girls imagination and that puts like a dark there's a dark twist with that which a lot of people seem to there are some dark things to imaginary rehab (laughs) even though it's kind of fun to watch yeah and like it's it's great that's what that's what made it great with uh imaginary rehab like i couldn't have done it without the talented cast and crew of course and they really made the film and uh like i said uh for like the first film that i've really done outside of college that really paid off well yeah Okay. Yep, and then uh, uh, earlier, a few months ago, I did uh, I tried doing the 48-hour film fest. Uh, we tried 
we ended up with like uh if i remember right it was like holiday uh thriller or something like that i can't remember the other category but we tried doing something called triangle day which basically was like this uh a telemarketer who gets into like this weird cult thing with uh, a person <laughs> obsessed with like triangles and uh yeah, we made it into the top eight, which was very okay, impressive. So you did get finish that project. We did finish that project right, uh, with submitted. the blood, sweat, and tears. Right, that's the whole point of mostly the tears part. Forty-eight hour, right? You have to because it's like you start from scratch and you have to make a movie in forty-eight hours and then submit it. Right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's a lot of tears for everybody. Yeah, and then uh, my current film, uh, I'm working on Z Fest right now, and I, first time I'm officially announcing the title and synopsis. Oh, so right. there you go, your so little exclusive preview. I appreciate it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> so the film is called A Look at Earth. Uh, it's basically kind of a mockumentary where it's a video game retrospective, like it's based of of the real world. So kind of like how people joke like, oh, yeah, you know, if the real world was a video game, you know, oh, man, you know, the graphics are great. But, you know, uh, the side tasks like suck or, or all that <laughs> stuff. Uh, I wanted to do that, but using historical figures. So I would have like Marie Antoinette, uh, Richard Nixon, uh, Sacagawea, Hammurabi. And one of the jokes I do have, I, I think is going to be a good hit. Uh, so there's an obscure historical figure called Timothy Dexter. Like, I'm sure, like, everyone right now is, like... now Googling it? Yep. Yeah, worth the Google or Wikipedia article. Basically, it's this guy who existed in, like, the Founding Fathers times and everything. Guy was basically rich through incredible dumb luck. Like, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm not kidding. That's the best way to do it. Right. Yeah. Not like, hard one work, just... One of the stories is... Fail up, yeah. Was, like, nobody likes this guy. So he's like, they're like, oh, you're doing this trade thing. Okay, how about you ship uh, coal to Newcastle? Uh, that's like an old <laughs> saying where it's basically... Because Newcastle is a place where, you know, is where coal is made and everything. So shipping coal to Newcastle is kind of like giving McDonald's to, like, a McDonald's. Yeah, McDonald's. Yeah. But coincidentally, at Newcastle, there happened to be a worker strike, and so they bought, like, a bunch of coal there. <laughs> so it worked in his favor. Right? Yeah, and that's pretty much, like, his it's whole deal. Like, like Forrest he, Gump, right, having the boat out of the sea. Exactly. Was, yeah. He one time just had, like, a boat full of cats, and he just happened to be on an island that was full of rats. He went. To, he one time just had a huge collection of whale uh, bones or whatever, and it just so happened to be, like, the starting trend of, like, whale corsets or whatever, being, like, these fancy dresses. So he happened to just be rich through incredible sounds dumb like a, luck. like a um, uh, forefather's Forrest Gump just exactly he yeah. and like the guy was an egomaniac the guy literally faked his death and uh, he had this funeral and everything he found out his wife wasn't crying at all so he literally was coming out and he was like oh my you didn't cry for me and everyone was just looking at him and he's like um let's have a wine party <laughs> and the guy like it's, How did you discover about him? I've never heard uh, Timothy Dexter. Right? Timothy Dexter. Uh, you know, you just, it's like one of the, it's he like, just, I just kind of happened to be like scrolling by and it was like one of those, like, I think it was like a Reddit thing, like someone brought up and I looked at okay. the article and, yeah. and then I just did my own research on like a bunch <laughs> of Timothy Dexter stuff and I'm like, <laughs> I need to involve this guy somehow either. And that's how I ended up putting him in this film. Like it was either that or. If I ever get the long run, do like an entire Lin Manuel Miranda parody of this guy. <laughs> you could be like on the crew or something like that. Or, but like yeah. make instead of like these fresh rap and everything, make it the cringiest like <laughs> like dated rap. Like that's basically the character in this movie. Like he's basically like a decade behind everyone. Like right, yeah, yeah. That's like well, I'm not. I'm gonna attach my. I just discovered yeah. the show Ghosts. Which is from BBC and Americans doing it now, where it's just the inhabited space, and they're all from different eras of ghosts, and so it's all kind of a culture clash of like Victorian ghosts or disco ghosts and stuff like that. It's kind of a play on Thirteen Ghosts as well. The Thirteen yeah. Ghosts of Scooby Doo. <laughs> right, right, yeah. But it sounds like yeah, I love those things when it's more of a culture clash and you kind of mix it in. So what what is the title of it? Uh, the title is A Look at Earth. Like that's uh, right. That's, that's right. the like it's kind of like uh, how kind of documentaries are like this is a look into like whatever celebrity name they're doing with. Well, uh, this is gonna be interesting because the vest maximum only can be seven minutes. Yeah. So basically, most of the sketch is basically like a character says a line, like their their stuff, and then it cuts to another character. I did manage to get it to like 
just a, like around six and a half pages. All right. That's but, even uh, tough because a page per minute. Wow. Yep. That's how I imagine it. But uh, so it is going to be a little rough cuts and such, but I think it's definitely going to be the worthwhile. And there's there's so much that I could talk about that, but I don't want to give everything away because no, I'll don't. just say there is, I'll just say there is a scene that I wrote that people are going to watch they're expecting something else entirely and then it's gonna hit them like like a cow at an oncoming train <laughs> it's gonna just be like what did i that's just that's the whole watch? point of z fest isn't it you gotta yeah. you got you have to go where you don't think you're supposed to go right? yeah, yeah yeah that's how i think it it would be good yeah it's, it's, you're kind of more regarding it as a comedy yeah i mean yeah that's what the plan is it would be more so the comedy base again because you know like imaginary rehab that's kind of had funny I don't would you consider it a comedy Cause I would some, consider it a comedy it's dark yeah it's that Minnesota dark comedy where you're like it's kind of sad but it's hilarious at the same time it, yeah it's it, it's it's the concept itself is is just like it's imaginary characters yeah. and there's just a lot like to go with that like originally with imaginary rehab there was going to be uh, another character that was going to kind of relay more of the message and but instead of like some other human character it would have been like this puppet talking boot <laughs> and i don't know like i just never right, came into fruition gets, right yeah <laughs> but there's just a lot of like ideas where it's like i just throw darts at the board and it's like okay uh let's see here what kind of character am i gonna throw today uh like wow. the, the best part about doing this kind of stuff with the cast and such is always their first reaction with this stuff because it's like okay i'm expecting to you know, just to be this nice character and everything. And then it's like, I throw them and it's like, oh yeah, you're actually going to get this weird, wacky scenario. <laughs> well, I think that, yeah, you have to, but the, what it is the characters are going to tell you what to do. Right? Yeah. And kind of force it. Yeah. I mentioned that many times when we talk about writers is what the story is telling you what has to happen. Mm-hmm. And that's be kind of sad. In, in like, imaginary rehab had dark tones, but it's kind of funny to watch. And yeah. It's, it's awkward kind of funny. To, it's, it, that's the best, that's the best kind of funny sometimes. It's uh, awkward yeah. funny is the most uh, relatable comedy. In a way. <laughs> right. Like if you do it right, like if it can, if you do, like it's one of those careful comedies. If you do awkward comedy right, yeah. it can, it works because it's like humane and such. But if you do it wrong where it's like, Sometimes one of the most, well, the worst of awkward comedies is like when they expanded upon like it's like five minutes of the same joke. It's like, oh, we're so quirky. Right. Yeah. When they do like a sequel to Dumb and Dumber. Yeah. Or something like that. Where it's, I get, I get the joke right. Yeah. yeah exactly. Yeah. Uh, Eric, when you write, do you, do you think you're going to do comedy or it just kind of goes that way? Uh, it just kind of goes that way. You know, I try to do different genres. Uh, like I said, with the forty-eight hour film fest, we did we got a completely different genre, um, and we did. But that's a really bizarre concept. It like, is a, a bizarre triangle cult. Ch- I'm already thinking like, what the heck? Yeah, yeah. We, uh, yeah, it's like we tried to make something kind of different. Like, um, like if I had to go with like the kind of directing style, I kind of go after. I kind of go after the Tim Burton, Guillermo del Toro, Sam Raimi kind of style, where it's like. They, it's it kind of stands out there. You like you can kind of tell it's like that kind of movie. Like if you see like a Tim Burton film, like it's you know it's a Tim Burton film because like right. you know there's a certain mark to it. There's certain uh, um, a dark whimsical to it. Yeah, it's black and white. There's like maybe a stop motion thing, and Johnny Depp is in it. Then maybe it's a little Tim dancing. Little, yeah, a little choreograph, but a little more. Of, I can see like he has that chorus of oh. Danny Elfman <laughs> throughout the whole movie. Right, and Sam is just. Sam Raimi is like, um, if it's like really corny, but in corny in a good way, like or, Evil yeah. Dead, the Spider-Man trilogy. And yeah. those, it, like, Sam's one of those guys. They're, they're I, over I, yeah. the top goofy, but yeah. it's enjoyable over the top goofy oh, where it's, yeah. where it's not like where it, it is set for an uh where it's kind of purposely that. And that's, that's what makes it enjoyable. <laughs> I know even in, when you did Spider-Man, you have to show somebody bleeding somewhere. Yeah. yeah Sam, somebody's got to bleed somewhere. <laughs> I got a truck what was it Army for Darkness they had like a semi truck full of blood and Sam's like are you sure that's enough <laughs> for what we need to do yeah. yeah but it's like when I usually critique arts and I'm mm-hmm. art, I'm, I'm a creator myself I do my movies and comic books myself and one of the things I could my, one of the th- criteria I do when I critique anything is it unforgettable or memorable Right, and I think you're kind of going with the unforgettable. Like if you yeah. see your movies, you it's absolutely you will not forget you saw your movies. Yeah, no matter how bizarre or how there's something you'll take in from it. 
And I always say unforgettable and memorable, but really great movies are both. Mm-hmm. Like Sam Raimi movies are, they're, they're not really sometimes memorable, but oh my God, you're not going to forget you saw Evil Dead. Yeah, so. and even like if I get like, you know, like I like I said, I tried, I, I have like a list of ideas I want to do and I have like different genres and such. Even if it's like, you know, a drama of some kind, it's like in all seriousness, I try to make it like, you know, an impactful drama and everything. Yeah. Like I'm not going to like do like, like over dramatic or like I, if it's like if basically if I've seen it before, uh, right. I try to put a unique spin on it. Yes. And that's yeah, my next step is my next step is what is something new in it that I've never seen before? Exactly. So, you, you know, I've seen people have imaginary friends, you know. Yeah. We have all, we all seen something like Fight Club or something like that or Daniel Isn't Real. Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends. Foster Homes, yeah. And so what is the new take on it? How about, about like a, you know. Yeah, good old therapy session where it's like, oh my god, I'm not, I'm not wanted, but I'm not real. What the hell? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should mention uh, with Imaginary Rehab, uh, two actors are coming into my next Z Fest film. Uh, Mike uh, Roots, he played uh, Val Gart, the boogeyman who got nominated. He's going to oh. be in the next film, and Brandon Caetano, who also starred in the Forty Eight Hour Film Fest. I got to give a shout out to Brandon Caetano for. for Basically being being in all so far a lot of my scripts and dealing with whatever literally all the the story elements I throw at him like if you in a, like like I said in tri- in Triangle Day he's stuck in this like weird cult imaginary <laughs> rehab pretty much like almost all the characters hate him <laughs> it's like <laughs> I feel like you know maybe I should just give like a script where he just goes to like a spa and just chillaxes right. <laughs> you know like the Coen Brothers do to George Clooney they just Put him through the ringer any movie yeah. he's in, right? <laughs> we'll just make you dress up in this outfit or make you do this something stupid or yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so it, it turns out funny, but every time George Clooney knows he's going to make a movie with the Coen Brothers, it's going to be all right. What punishment are you sending me in? To? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so do you write during the day? Do you write during the night? I what? just kind of do like a mix of both. It's whenever, like, I'll be honest. One of the biggest, it, one of the biggest things that I always. Cha- that challenges me is yeah. procrastination which that always because it's like I also have work and every I have work I have this and that and it's yeah. like I try to relax but it's at the same time it's like okay I gotta work on this project I gotta work on this project and like eventually like you know it pushes through like if it's if the idea is worth it and that uh but procrastination is always like that's something that's always like a filmmaker. Well, even when challenge. writing is f- your full time job, it's tough to like you did not enough writing for the day. Then you go back and like, what the hell was I writing about? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah I've almost- I've had that like a few times. Like one of the things that I do whenever I do rehearsals with the uh, cast is I tell them try to read it as it is because if it sounds like super awkward and everything, then I know like you know okay I gotta fix this and I gotta fix that because there was some like there was like even like. Uh, a single word like ah comma anyways yeah. like if it's like you know it might sound good in your head but then when they actually say like ah anyways it's yeah. like that's that doesn't sound right let me just remove that ah <laughs> right because when you write, right, I do when you have to write for comic books you're limited to dialogue right right where in movies you can have a pages and pages of just speaking but you have to like emphasize is what do you need to say here or do you need to say anything here mm-hmm. or if you don't say anything then kids are just going to look at that for five seconds and flip through it so it's a balance of what to say when to say it how to say it, it may sound natural when's to give the exposition because you're right when you make a seven minute movie you have to have some kind of exposition in it yeah, yeah. and like 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 you were mentioning with comic books like you know i grew up with comic books like yeah um, we talked about that's, it before uh, started. that's the that's the secret origin of eric forsman <laughs> i uh grew up with uh comic books video games uh like uh this is where i get my nerdy and saying oh yeah i knew uh some characters before their mcu debut <laughs> i knew what a thanos was <laughs> <laughs> what is that yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh you know it they, i it always inspired me like Batman and Spider-Man are definitely were the biggest comics that I've read, and uh, I still appreciate uh, the Flash, Green Lantern, like, uh, and like, like I was mentioning uh, to you before the show started. Uh, I used to volunteer at a comic book shop. Uh, it's it's the shop has been closed for years now, but it oh. it was definitely a, a great experience. Like just kind of talking about comic books and everything, and 
it's to be in this generation where it's like where online videos and such like that's actually where I got inspired to do movies like like usually when you ask like you know filmmaker they're like oh you know Orson Welles inspired me or oh Ridley <laughs> Scott or oh boy that John Carpenter or that Steven Spielberg is sure fresh and then I'll come in and be like oh yeah you know I, I I've got inspired by uh just this web critic who just like argues about stuff my <laughs> like and just rants about how terrible stuff is <laughs> my well, we, we, we I don't know if you know but you know um Josh uh Stiffner, Stiffner yeah yeah he's a director but it's it's not an intent, but he just doesn't care. You make awful movies. Just he just wants to make movies. He doesn't care if it's good or bad. Yeah. And if it's even, in fact, if you regard it as awful, he almost put a smile on his face. <laughs> oh, you hated it. Good for you. All right. Yeah. 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 And my inspiration for like, aside from Jim Henson, which that that one's another big one, which. Because I grew up also with it the, is Muppet, the like, Muppets, yeah, like, he, he, which makes sense if you watch Imaginary Rehab and such. These would be kind of sketches you'd see on the Muppet Show. You could pull it off, yeah, almost like a Muppets, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like, hey, we'll come at the frog here with Imaginary Rehab, yeah! <laughs> but it is kind of, we talk about like Jim Henson and Muppets, and everybody thinks that's for kids, and it's cute and everything. But he also deal with some dark things, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. The original pilot for The Muppet Show was literally called, like, Sex and Violence. <laughs> and it was, like, this weird pilot and everything. Like, originally, the... I have not heard about this. It's crazy. The... Originally, the... Compo- I'm not, There's a character that not many people notice, but you he's not always on The Muppet Show. It's the little composer, the little yellow guy with uh, the brown hair and such. Uh, Nigel, he was originally going to be the host of The Muppet Show. Oh, wow. And it was going to be him, Floyd Pepper of The Electric Mayhem, and yeah. Sam the Eagle. Those would have been the hosts. And eventually... That, that would have been acid trippy, yeah. Yeah, it yeah. was... You know, it's actually... It's funny because, like, it sounds like an acid trippy time, but it's like... It was kind of... They kind of were more down. Like, it was just, like, them, like, playing board games. Well, there the is back. an episode of The Tonight Show where Kermit the Frog guest hosted, and a lot of them came on as well. Yeah. And throughout the duration of the show, they had guests coming in and out like Vincent Price talking to Kermit but the whole gimmick the subplot gimmick was Animal wanted to they're trying to keep Animal at bay because he's trying to grope women that are sitting on stage <laughs> and you can't do that anymore and this is still a thing for kids right yeah but on the time they're like, they're like oh I, get Animal back and he just wants to get a he wants to touch the woman like woman you know? yeah and it's now now he's a little more you can watch the commercials now he's a little more subdued yeah. but that was Animal right I mean yeah and I was about to say like I mean, obviously, like, there's stuff, like, one of the things that I do find a little funny is, like, obviously, like, when those episodes happen, there there's the Disney Plus, you know, the little warning and such, like, hey, this is it. And it, people are so mad at that for no reason. It's like, oh, my God, they put a warning in front of my episode, the warning that only lasts about five <laughs> seconds long. <laughs> but it's kind of funny to watch the old Sesame Street and you see, like, Bert having a pipe. Oh, yeah, for it. sure. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, all right. Uh, yeah. That's yeah. how he deals with earning shenanigans. <laughs> But yeah, yeah, no, it's the that wacky stuff, and uh, as I was mentioning, uh, some of the online content. The stuff I watched was um, Angry Video Game Nerd and the Nostalgia Critic, especially the Nostalgia Critic. That really well, I got know that uh, he, on YouTube, right? yeah, because he's kind of the same age I am. Yeah, and it's uh, yeah, I, I mean, like obviously, like you know, when when I did, I watched their like actual movies. They weren't great, but uh, watching their content, like you know, I was. It helped me, like, you know, pick up notes on, like, you know, what, what I could do in film and such. And it got me really interested in, like, you know, making yeah. movies and fully getting and discovering Cisco and Ebert. And that got me into that long rail of just getting into movies and film criticism. Well, just remember, if you watch any movie from the 80s, I'm a kid from the 80s. Uh, if you watch anything from the 80s, we did not do anything subtle. Not There's one a lot damn, of marketing. Not one damn thing was done uh, <laughs> subtle. There's a lot of marketing with uh, the 80s. Like, a lot of it's, We'd, like, 80s toys. We dressed and, loud. Our toys were loud. Movies. They didn't uh, care what the film was yeah. rated. Did you know they gave... This is the craziest thing I discovered. This is officially real. So, uh, they, they gave a cartoon to this certain uh, rated R franchise. Like, obviously, like, stuff like Robocop makes sense. Or, like, Alien. But then there's, like... They give this one to... Out of all things, John Rambo, 
the film about a guy who suffers PTSD oh, yeah, my, yeah. and, you know, is suffering mental. Hey, let's give him a G.I. Joe knockoff. My like, name, literally, he had, like, uh, his little friends and everything. <laughs> right. I they would market it for kids in, like, the mid-80s. You, I, my friend had a Rambo big wheel. Yeah. And had a gun that would go off on that. You would just hold a gun. And then you, everybody, every kid wanted that Rambo knife that had a <laughs> compass at the bottom. And it was a plastic knife. They sold that to kids. I'm just imagining, about like, a, yeah, about a soldier that has PTSD is going to go on a rampage. Yeah, but, I'm just imagining, like, just like the whoever thought of that, like, just was like had like this giant bag of coke or something like that. It's like, okay, guys, uh, well, I just saw this Rambo movie, and you know, uh, it was about PTSD. I, I don't care about that, but the explosions were cool, and uh, yeah. we got to make we got to sell this to kids, man. Yeah, yeah, that's the whole. I mean, that's. He-Man. Yeah, He-Man, uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, G.I. Joe, Transformers. And just because, like, it started off, you know, as a point to sell toys, the stories eventually, you know, did become, uh, you know, expanded upon, like, the Ninja Turtles. There was various incarnations of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, uh, you know, that became more than just a way, a cheap way to market for kids. Yeah. Uh, well, the next thing I would have mentioned for the 80s movies, uh, because we didn't, we didn't do nothing subtle... But we also blended genres. That's what start really started the eighties. Yeah. You know, like comedy with horror, like Ghostbusters, or westerns in outer space, like Outland, or you know, mixed up different genres. You know, sci-fi action, like RoboCop and stuff like that. That's or aliens. Aliens. Yeah, that's that's not a space movie. That's it's like a core. sci-fi action kind of deal. It's in there, a little bit of action. Yeah. Where like the first movie was more of a horror. Second movie was more. Oh, aliens! Action. Right, that's that's aliens. that's yeah, action. Aliens. That's an action horror movie, You're right? Let's yeah, get action first, and then scare the pants off you. But then. yeah, I mean, it, it still worked. Like a lot of al- like, if there's something that I appreciate about like the '80s is the practical effects. I think, in my opinion, like here's the thing: I like CGI. I I don't mind CGI. Like if it's like you know used for like armies or like something like really right. complicated. But then there's like stuff where it's like I really wish like. It was more practical effects were used over, like you know, just uh, like I, there's something about the weird, the puppetry or something like that that it just intrigues me. Like whenever I see like practical effects used, like in new movies, like The Green Knight or even Ghostbusters, the new Ghostbusters movie had some practical effects, which I was surprised at. Like that, it just makes me appreciate the film more by having Going that rather than it. just like a big CGI yeah. blob thing. <laughs> I tell you what, um, it is the marker quote for the 80s is uh, the movie The Thing. Yeah. Where they see the head walking out on its crab legs. Yeah. And then they turn, and then the guy says, you got to be fucking with me. And that is the <laughs> I 80s love, for I everything. Lo- that is, it, the thing is, like, in my top five Not movies. Not just for the movie, but that's the reaction for everything we did in the 80s. You've got <laughs> And this actually leads to the funny uh, moving genre because the thing was one of the films that got nominated for, like it didn't get nominated for the Oscars for whatever reason. Like I think obviously I wasn't expecting picture, but like visual effects, man, like come on. But no, we had to give it, it the opposite of that. The Razzies, uh, for those that that don't know, the Razzies are basically a poor opposite of the Oscars. That instead of giving to the best of films, it gives it to the worst of films. They. For some reason, like, obviously, like, Easter, I try to yeah. keep my mind in with, uh, with, like, you know, the time and everything. But at the same time, it's like, they nominated the thing for worst score. And it's like, why? That right. score was memorable. That was a great score. Well, yeah, Razzie's used to be fun when it was a joke. When it was just lighthearted fun. But now they take it so serious about we have to, nowadays. It's, oh, yeah. yeah. We uh, take it so serious. <laughs> Yeah, right. I. But I, back when I mean, it used to be a, it used to be a lighthearted, fun fodder, but now it's like the legitimate look for the worst and everything. Yeah, but right, I, everybody misses the mark. You know, if you go back in Cisco Niebuhr critiquing Alien. Yeah. And he said that's whatever. It's really interesting to see. Like, this is the most memorable movie of '79. What the? And they didn't even put it in their yeah. top ten. It's really yeah. interesting to see some of the genres and such. Some other infamous Razzie noms they gave was Scarface got like worst director nom. Which you know, well, it Starface is a hot is mess now, of a movie. But, yeah, yeah. But the biggest one, which that it still kind of overshadows, is actually their first year. This went to worst actress, uh, worst uh, director, and that was The Shining, which has been regarded as one of, not only one of the best horror films of all time, but one of the best films of all time. And 
like obviously like there's some justification for Cooper given how he treated Shelly Duvall. But then like you see, but then it's like they give Shelly Duvall worse actions. It's like, did you know what she went through to get through that movie? I think if I remember right, he saw it shot in sequence too to drive everybody nuts. So not like, all right, we're shooting the bathroom. Everything that takes place in the bathroom, we'll shoot this today. Yeah. He shot it in sequence of the events. It's like, you got to be insane. Exactly. And then you got to irritate everybody in the crew. Oh, we got to dissemble, take everything down. And put it back up, but right, yeah, I agree with you, Eric. That a lot of things that come out and people don't get it right away. You know, Beetlejuice wasn't a big hit when it. Came I mean, out. Psycho as well. You know, yeah. Psycho wasn't exactly, you know, that well received at the when it originally came out. But Alfred Hitchcock was right. He goes, no matter how awful people think it is, they can't stop watching it. Exactly. And that's the whole point, right? And it's what's funny is uh, I rewatched Psycho. One of the things that they do in Psycho is all the blood is actually chocolate syrup. Yep. So you watch the context of that. Like, instead of seeing blood, it's like chocolate syrup is coming out. Well, that's what Stanley Kubrick said that was coming out of the elevator when he had to do the censors. Alfred Hitchcock's <laughs> Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. It's pretty much, man. <laughs> Alfred Hitchcock used chocolate. That's what I'm using. He lied his ass off to me. Yeah. <laughs> but um, going back to my analogy about people critiquing things and yeah. not really. But it's my critique of fighting in hockey. Right, mm-hmm. a lot of hockey purists are like, "Oh, they're fighting again." I hate when they fight in hockey. I don't see you going up to go in the bathroom when a fight breaks out. You're still watching it too, buddy. Yeah, the, that's that's the thing about my analogy. So, with, uh, it was uh, it was like a car crash. It's like you know it's bad, it's yeah. horrible, but you're still driving slower, like uh, just to see like what happened and everything. Yeah. And that's my obsession with like bad then, movies. Like, but I use that with. Hockey fighting. Yeah, exactly. I love hockey, but oh my God, they're fighting. They're ruining the game. <laughs> Are you stop watching? No, but this is fighting, but you're ruining the game. And that's my critique of like a lot of other, like your movies and stuff. Yeah. I don't like the movie, but you sat and watched. You didn't get up and leave. No, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Precisely. Yeah. And uh, act, like uh, I am actually a member of the Razzies. Uh, Are you officially. Are? Yeah, I'm officially a member How the of the Razzies. How did that happen? Well, okay. Did so, you write him a letter? No, like, I, I, I kid you not. <laughs> They, like, this is both, like, a pro, but also, like, a huge con. <laughs> Literally, anyone can be a member of the Razzies. Just right. go to their site. It's, like, 40 bucks, and then it's just 25 like, just to redeem it. And literally, that's all you have to do. And it's, like, okay, one hand, yeah, you know, give people's opinion. But on the other hand, it's, it's pretty really much a, just a revolving door of just people <laughs> voting right, for it. Right, if you have an agenda, like, I really hate this person. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, like, that, to me, my goal with the... Uh, one of the reasons why I'm a That's member. So one of the reasons why I try to be a member. Why Dude, why I'm a part of the Razzies. Did you is, get a free T-shirt out of it? Yet? No. <laughs> I uh, I try to go after like films that actually kind of go for it. Like <laughs> one of the li- like one of the things was. Uh, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna put like Belfast on there, right? No, no, no I chose. I went after like more obscure films, like right. Charles. If you don't, there's a guy named Charles Band who did like. The Ginger Dead Man, Evil Bond, like he did a film, like this was like at the peak of like, the pandemic. Right. He made a film called Corona Zombies, and then he made a trilogy out of that. With first, it was Corona Zombies, Barbie and Kendra Save the Tiger King, and Barbie and Kendra Storm Area Fifty One. You know, timeless stuff that's you know, not great trendy. Ti- great titles, and just I <laughs> campaigned that like to like fellow Razzie members. And that eventually got, like, a few noms. And, you know, obviously I don't win, like, everything, like, uh, with uh, trying to get, like, different... Not, I mean, like, obviously, mm-hmm. like, I, I'm sounding like, you know, I'm rooting for, like, people to fail. But it's, like, if it's, like, a bad movie, I'm going to, like, you know, some people... I think it's better to accept that with, uh, like, some people did. Like, Halle Berry, when she won for Catwoman... She did a parody of like you know her Oscar speech, which is like, oh man, you know, I want to thank everyone for putting me in this piece of she shit. She was, film. she showed up for it. It's important to to embrace the badness, right? And like, I get the criticism of the Razzies, like, and obviously, like, like I said, it used it's to not, be fun. It used yeah, to be fun. One now. of the things that annoys me is about the Razzies is whenever they do a documentary or they have a real life person like who just happens to be in the documentary as an as an quote unquote actor or worst film like yeah like one of the things that did not age well was they did uh in 2004 they did like a bunch obviously the George Bush stuff happened so obviously all the George Bush stuff happened but one of them was Britney Spears like they nominated her for worst supporting actress and now with all the 
you know, free Britney and, you know, people change their mind with Britney Spears and everything. Yeah. It, it, it dates. And that's the main thing that I wanted to get onto. Not like yeah. anything political or anything, but it's the main issue with when you denominate something of the documentary, it's less about the document and it just feels more like a dated tabloid, like, an attack. like yeah. a dated tabloid. Like, right. and that just, that really annoys me whenever they do that just for the sake of like uh, a tabloid. And that's why whenever I, when, when I am a member of the rise, I try to go after two things that some rising members don't do. One, actually watch the movies which yeah. you know that's what, it, that's that, what I'm saying like, <laughs> lot, I think a lot of people just get in, pay the money just for like getting on an agenda yeah, and attacking watching the mo- actually watch the movie and uh, you know ask it if it's really that worthwhile because like there are some actors that that are in terrible movies but it's like is it really the actors or actresses fault or is yeah. it the writing because like there are some amazing actors there's so many misses right yeah, yeah but then they so miss at miss. the same time yeah. well I think one thing the Razzies got right was Lifetime Achievement Award for Sylvester Stallone. I think that's <laughs> <laughs> they really like like oh they really like to go after Stallone. Some of them I will say. Well, I, I my criticism for Sylvester Stallone because he can write. Yeah. He can be a really good writer when he sits down. Yeah. And focuses, but he always goes for. All right, we're going to be in a tunnel, and then we got to do an action movie, and it's kind of do this and. Yeah. For ten million dollars, and he always takes the shortcut way. But he, you know, he yeah, can do. There's a, there's a lot of like stories like that, yeah, and like he could do good movies. The best ones are like best forms of that of best and worst come from the Rocky franchise. The first film with Rocky, you know, he was and he wrote it. He was he was pretty much homeless. He had to sell his dog, and when he finally got like you know the script, he finally got his dog back, and you know, best picture and everything that yeah. got his career. And then there's like Rocky Five where he admits you know he it was like greed that kind of got him. Into, no kidding. Yeah, right? exactly. All right, we're going to take a little break. Um, we're going to marinate on my Razzie choices for this year. Um, back more with Eric. Greetings, nerds. This is Cena Nerd. I'm your host, Sarah Belmont. I'm the producer, Will Pope. And we talk... What do we talk about, Will? We talk about things, right? We talk about a lot of things. Arrowverse, Marvel, DC, any... You talk about DC, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> we, we rant about TV. We rave about movies. And we, we do some reviewing, um, but we're not overly critical, but we're also pretty honest and blunt when writers and showrunners and producers get in their own way. Exactly. So give us a listen. Yeah. Good night. Geek out. You're welcome. <laughs> All right, we're back with Eric and um, going with the Razzies. Yep. Uh, yeah, and you mentioned uh, you wanted to talk about like the worst films you saw this year. I didn't. Well, I didn't see a whole lot of movies this year. Okay. So I'm, I'll be interested to hear what you have to say, and then you'll, you'll then I'll talk about the bottom of the barrel that I saw. <laughs> well, I can't even remember what I, I don't. I've seen so little movies of this year that I can't really regard them as the worst and everything. So. I'm, but I'm more interested in yours. Sure. Uh, yeah. I'll give uh, a brief uh, top 10 here. Uh, actually, yeah, I'll probably just go with that. Um, the 10, there's uh, some that I'll mention is Tom and Jerry, the new Tom and Jerry movie. There was which, a new Tom and Jerry movie? Yeah, it was, they, they had this night. The thing I liked about it was it was like they had 2D animation and everything, but there wasn't really a story to that. There's a film called. Not really a story to Tom and Jerry ever. You're right, yeah. There's a film called C.I. Ape, which C.I. Ape. Yeah, it's literally the story. It's a spy ape. Oh my gosh! You gotta be kidding me! This is okay. Now These I'm are real this. movies. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like I said, I haven't even reached like the top eleven. This is like these are just if the C if your movie is lower than C.I. Ape, you're in trouble. <laughs> when did it come out? Uh, a few months ago, like two months ago. Oh my god. Uh. Dear Evan Hansen, that's the music. That was the musical, and it didn't really go out the form. They had uh, Ben Platt play a high schooler, and it looked really bad. Like, like uh, he looked like like one of those like how do you do fellow kids, like <laughs> one of those like adults that are trying to look like cool with the kids. And let me just explain to you the plot, and you'll understand why. All right. Okay, so a guy likes this girl, 
but her brother is but her brother is like this kid that everyone at the school is not too big on because like there's something wrong with him so the kid like but uh he takes this no level the uh, the self-evaluation note from evan hansen who's been working on himself but what happens is the guy ends up killing himself and the parents of the find the note and they think that he's evan hansen like the guy's friend so evan hansen kind of fakes this friendship with this dead guy <laughs> in order to be with like and like in order to try to be accepted and also like get with mess. this girl yeah. and it's like real like it's supposed to be like novelist because like the kids like shy or like that but it's like it's really this could really turn out really creepy <laughs> because it's like hey you know i'm kind of hitting on this girl <laughs> that's whose brother just died was it was the name of the game uh, Dear Evan Hansen. It was Dear a it was a musical that was really that won the Tonys for best musical. And then they try to make it a movie, and it's not. No, right, it's not and working. a lot of people are kind of reevaluating the musical right. in the first place. And Ben Platt also starred in the musical. That's why he wanted to do the movie because he wanted to get that egot. And his daddy was like a producer of this movie, so he pro- ah. <laughs> there was a bit of a narcissism right there. There's uh, the remake of Cinderella, which was just. Really bad. I mean, it had James Corden, who was like this mouse character. That was really I, weird. Yeah, I heard. Like, I, let me just. I heard it's like a little bit stiff. Yeah, here's here's a tip. If you are making a musical movie, don't have James Corden in it. <laughs> like there is a petition. There is literally a petition because after Cats, The Prom, and now this, right? The, there is a literal petition to uh, asking asking the makers of the Wicked movie not to have James Corden in it. And there's like thousands of people that signed it. <laughs> But I just heard, yeah, Cinderella just not, doesn't have anything really to yeah, it. Yeah, no. Then there's Melissa McCarthy's Thunder Force, which is like a superhero comedy. And I feel so bad because Melissa McCarthy can be really funny. She can be really hilarious. Like, I loved her in Spy. Oh, yeah. I died of laughter at the her SNL sketches as Sean Spicer. Yeah. And then it's like Thunder Force, like, she gets this really bad script and it's like, what are you doing? <laughs> Right. Um, and it was supposed to be superhero stuff, huh? Yeah. Then there's like lockdown, the heist film uh, during the pandemic, but it's like the heist like comes in like the last 10 minutes and it's, it's not heist? really even a, yeah, it's not even it's, a heist. It's literally just them like walking into the building and stealing and just grabbing the thing and then they just walk away. That's literally the entire heist. Because, but Jane it's Hatcher a two hour film. So it's like you're pretty much just Jeez. watching these two people talk to them, talk about like other stuff, but it's so boring. See, like the movie The Heist with Gene Hackman, where they're planning yeah. and, you know, then yeah, you there realize... Is, there's maybe... none of that. It's literally just yeah. like... Grabbing. And one of the jokes is, his alias is Edgar Allan Poe, and that nobody knows Edgar Allan Poe. That's... Okay. Um, it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are reaching to the... Uh, let's see here. I'm, think, I'm trying to do math here. Number seven, Habit. Have you ever seen uh, Sister what... Act with Whoopi Goldberg? Both of them. Or yeah, I mean, did you enjoy how Whoopi Goldberg, you know, the the, the the fun relationship like she had as a nun and everything. Well, From, imagine if Be- instead of Whoopi Goldberg, it's Bella Thorne <laughs> and this, and it's instead of like a fun uh, musical about like these nuns and everything, imagine like it's like this edgy gangster kind of style of like oh, on no. the run. From, I like, don't like it when they, I don't like when they put the let's be edgy it, and street. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's called habit. Yeah, that's <laughs> and it's. I'm embarrassed about just hearing about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, senior moment. There is. It stars William Shatner. Uh, you know, no, space from 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 man who played he's uh, not space captain to man who went to space. He's not shy of bad movies. He's yeah, he's he was not that good. There is a movie called, and I kid you not, it's called Karen. And you can kind of, it's a horror thriller, and you can kind of get the idea what it's about. That's like pretty paid by the numbers, right? Yeah, yeah, it's like the mad woman Karen. It's, a lot of people are comparing it to like a poorly written version of Get Out because it's like, uh, ah. and it's the character of Karen is basically, have you seen Parks and Rec at all? Mm-hmm. Imagine if Leslie Nope was a supervillain. <laughs> like they literally, instead of like doing like something like, you know, like when Get Out, when they ever they do they address racial issues, it's like you know, they it's more casual and you know, right? It's genuine. But it seems like you're just cashing in. Yeah. On what's popular, but with Karen, right 
it they basically just make her into a flat out supervillain where she's like watching like this her security cameras on like a TV movie. Oh, she's got a little cove, yeah. It's, it's just so bad. Uh this one's a more controversial one. M. Night Shyamalan's old. Some people like it. I found it hilariously terrible. Is that the one that isn't that's a comic book, isn't it? It was based on a comic book. It's yeah. it's really weird. I will say it. But it, I think even the concept is like, doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah. The, and the acting in this one, like Vicky right. Cripps is basically Tommy Wiseau in that movie. Why are we here? What, I, what are we doing? That's what I did see, but I didn't, the concept didn't make sense. Like it didn't even follow its own rules. Like yeah. if you touch the rocks, you're going to age, but sometimes they climb the rocks and nothing happens. Like where's the boundaries? And then you go out the ocean, but you come back. Yeah. So, and then the reason why they're doing it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. You're, you're risking, yeah. you're risking all this. Even the one thing, the special yeah. effects, you know, of them being old, it doesn't even look like that. It just kind of looks like they just kind of spray painted their hair gray and it's like, oh, they're old now. Yeah. It's so a little that, bit almost like, we yeah. try to be clever, almost like Lost, the TV show. Yeah. I love it. This one, I'm not even sure really to count as a movie because uh, it's only 20 <laughs> minutes, but it's, Cool Cat Fights the Coronavirus. If Cool Cat is... Is it animated? No, it's a guy in a giant cat costume. You missed a good opportunity. I'll watch it if it's animated. No, Cool Cat is a giant meme on the internet where it's like these really bad films uh, by Derek Savage. There's a whole rabbit hole we could talk about that, but not not to... You'll find out about that more. But uh, basically, it's... Really cringy rapping, <laughs> and there's a lot of stupid things. Like, like there's a quote on there that I still remember. I I'm gonna sing now, and by that, and I'm gonna take my mask off, so that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, yes, because to stop it, it the, the disease will stop when you want to start singing. Like, th- oh. they're respectful for that. <laughs> um, speaking of pandemic, the. No, number two is 2025, The World Enslaved by a Virus. 2025. It's basically one of the- That's the name of it? Yeah. It's a post-apocalyptic, quote-unquote, That's one of my favorite genres. Okay. It's basically, I'll just explain the plot. It's it's the future. And because of the pandemic, they banned everything, including Christianity. And so you could kind of, it's basically kind of like Braveheart or whatever- but really bad. Like they literally took a part of the speech from Braveheart and they copied they and pasted it. Up and cop and paste. That's, and that's kind of lazy. It's really bad too. It's the cinematography was bad. There is literally like they do uh, <laughs> uh, Amazing Grace. They sing that, and then like after some action comes in, and then it's like this rapper like yeah, and it's basically a rap version of Amazing Grace, and it's so bad. I'm glad you watched it. And I didn't. And it yeah. was 2025. 2025. The world oh, enslaved by a virus. And it's not even like you know. The guy's like, it's not even like how they rebel. It's like, they're not even like, okay, if we're, you know, bringing Christianity back, we're going to, you know, tell people. This. No, they spray paint Jesus fish, like, everywhere on, like, trees and bridges. And it's like, wow, this is, this is the most revolutionary thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> Finally, the worst movie I've seen this, this year, but not only this year, this is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. So you you don't think it's going to be upstage? We got a couple of weeks left in the year. You, oh, you trust think me. No, gonna, no, no, no. Okay. This is the worst one. Right. Uh, music by uh, Sia. This is a film about autism, and uh, it's as, called. Is this called music? Yeah, it, because the character played by Maddie Ziegler is named Music, <laughs> and there's a character named Kazoo, and the film is horrible. I I was. I had like a back to back with that and Minari because I knew how bad it was. Okay. And first off, Minari was phenomenal. Uh, deserves every nomination got at the Oscars. But Sia's music is like an interesting backstory because so one of the main things was Maddie Ziegler as a person of autism, and as someone of autism, uh, you know, just see, like there was a lot of controversy with like the casting and everything. And even like a bunch of autistic people like asked and everything, you know, yeah. Hey, why don't you, why don't you do, you know, put us in the movie and see, it was like, you know, there isn't like, a, like, you know, there wasn't any good actors or something like that. And so that eventually backfired on her and like the film itself, like, wait, it, you, you weren't going to talk about autism, but you're not going to hire somebody that it's on the spectrum to. Oh least, yeah. No, yeah. it gets, it, there's like a huge rabbit hole. Like, 
She worked with a thing called Autism Speaks, which was like not exactly well liked by people with autism, and even they kind of backed out because of how Sia was writing the thing. Like, there's a lot of music sequences in this that look like something off of like an Old Navy commercial. Right, and, and it's, it's it's just the way they make it, the way they tried to tackle autism, like is straight up wrong. Like there was actually like a thing like one of the things they teach is like if someone's like having like some kind of like extreme autism thing, like you tackle them in the back or something like that. Oh my and God. You like, don't touch, you don't need yeah, to touch them. Exactly. But it's like, no, 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 you have to do this and they have, and you have to wait till they calm down. Mm-mm. And even like autism speaks is like, you know, this is not right. No. And people are like, you know, this isn't right. And now I'm interested to watch it because it's and all the opposites of what you should Here's be. the kicker. And this is like one of the things like why the goal, like a certain uh, thing had to change. The Golden Globes nominated this for Best Actress and Best uh, Musical, they and did. that really back like even the host like uh, uh, Amy Schumer, not Amy Schumer, Amy Poehler and Tina Fey, they pretty much kind of backlashed while they were presenting this award because of how much on the, the Globes for nominating this movie because of how bad it was. Like this got like it's more it's more shows the ignorance of that. Yeah, right. And that's yeah. There's a lot of re- other reasons why the Golden Globes like are now changing themselves, but this was definitely, in my opinion, one of the worst, de- if not the worst, decision they made. <laughs> I used to, in my background, I used to help teach classes on crisis intervention and management and yeah. deflection. You know how to manage kids on the spectrum. I can. Ha- I've never had to touch a kid. Yeah. And I've been. I've had kids wreck my room. You know what you do when they wreck your room? You just shut the door and leave. Look at that. It's just things, you know, or having a outburst. Make yeah. sure they're not hurt. But here's, hey, I hate this book. Throw it too. Yeah, you don't no, need the- to touch kids. And I've had him touch me. But you know what? I've had, there's all the different little things you could do. You don't need to, to tackle them 10 yards. Yeah, and exactly. That's that's what happens in this movie. And it's like, like throughout right. the entire film, there's a few times where like my jaw was literally dropped out of like how terrible Stupid. yeah how terrible this film was and that's like the film because the, like somebody's anybody even if they're on an, on the spectrum having yeah. a meltdown you still don't need to touch them yeah exactly even and, if a person had a meltdown on my set you just ignore them yeah <laughs> and <laughs> yeah get, no yeah. it the, the the film did rightfully because like weird 2020 21 kind of timeline and such the razzies actually already nominated this film so that's already it, it obviously for the rightful choice of like you know, one of them was worst picture nomination. Sia rightfully got worst director because of like how like even uh, Maddie Ziegler felt like a few times she felt uncomfortable playing this character in Sia, right. but because like Sia was had like a weird relationship with her, she's like oh you, you, well, you'll do it, and it's kind of irony because it's like I'm kind of you know kind of keeping her in this area to make sure that she doesn't get you know. Like a bad career or anything, and then this film happens. Yeah, well, especially for somebody like me who's yeah. been in a classroom of thirty kids on the spectrum, and have been able to manage and cope, and everybody knows how to. Yeah, it sounds like stupid. It was. Yeah. It it got nominated. everybody's got a routine. You know, kids like it's you know things about, yeah. especially you, Eric, with autism. It's almost like to treat like, oh my god, you're you're disabled. Yeah, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, I don't get that. Oh it's my like, god, and, and can I walk? Is, to, like, how can you drive a car? I mean, like, even the thing is, like, I don't really mention that much when I whenever I say like, you know, I have a mix of autism, ADD, ADHD, you know, because like, you know, it's not that important. Like, uh, if people do, like, you know, because if I bring it up, you know, people don't say, hey, you know, I didn't know, I I didn't expect that because it's like. Yeah, there's like many forms of it, and you know, it, yeah, like, we usually like say a it's lot on of the, people kind yeah. of forget that, you know, that it's on uh, the sp- we say we're on the spectrum. Yeah, right? a lot yeah. of people forget that, like you know, you can be you can look totally normal and, <laughs> and be like this normal guy. It's with, a, what's uh, my favorite thing about being a serial killer, right? But yeah. he looks so normal. Yeah. What, what do you think serial killers look like? Yeah, yeah. You, you think like they have like mullion. What you're telling me, they don't have a T-shirt that says "I'm a bad guy." <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, the film eventually yeah. did get uh, some nominations, including uh, Worst Picture. <laughs> um, unfortunately, yeah. it didn't win Worst Picture because the Razzies, like you were mentioning, and I, I already mentioned, the Razzies sure love to give awards to uh, to in, their tabloids, and the the tabloid political documentary yeah. Absolute Proof uh, 
which I do, which uh, maybe that one uh, worst picture. Yeah. And well, I do want to try to watch every worst picture. I don't want to watch that or like any of the weird documentaries because it feels like here's the thing. I with the Razzies, it's like I do like to explore like how a film is bad or anything, and you know, like when people embrace the Razzies, it's like yeah, you know, this is great. You know, they finally accept it. But then there's like stuff like this where it's like. If, are you, it, or it's like, there's not much of a justification. You're just kind of giving them more attention to, you know, what yeah. they want. It's like, you're, you're, right, you're yeah. more so doing like a favor for them by giving yeah. them this attention. Because I've never heard of these movies until the Razzies popped up. And now people are going to look back at these. <laughs> Usually, yeah, right, Eric, and I give, when I give harsh criticism, it's because of something they missed like that. Yeah. And, um, I think like the last movie with uh, Fred Durst, he did Fanatic. Where John Travolta's character oh, is supposed the to be fanatic on, is hilarious, but it's so stupid. Yeah, he's supposed to be as somebody that's a little bit off, but he like on the spectrum. But it's so st- the it, way he performs it, it is like h- hilariously yeah. bad, and it's like it's not even close to having a, this kid. Yeah, when yeah. the first line in your film is I have to poo. Yeah, when the first, I, I can't talk now, I have to poo. Right. That that's just, not that's not a, yeah. That's it's just you want to you want to you you're using. Autism as a vessel to write stupid. Yeah. And think it's funny. All right, Eric, this is great, man. Yeah. This it, is a lot of fun. We're gonna we have to have to, have to come back next time. I'll tell you what, if uh like sometime when the Oscars and such uh like when the when those awards like, you know, get announced, we should uh maybe we even get like a little round table of like a yeah. bunch of film people and argue about I would the say, nominations. I'm saying right now before we go, if Eric starts a podcast, he's definitely got one listener. That's me. Sweet. Yeah, I, uh, I hope. Uh, I think you should, man. I hope people. Uh, I hope people enjoyed me here. Uh, if, if they want to have me again, uh, yeah, know, I'd, definitely. I'd be down to coming back again. And uh, right, like I said, uh, one of these days, uh, maybe in a few months, we'll uh, let's, yeah. let's get down with that. I would love to like, cause there's like so much we we could have like a whole season of podcasts. Of just All right. Things. Yeah, I know. I agree. We could, <laughs> just talking about those movies you just talked about. Eric, thanks for coming, man. And Eric knows it's not over till the guests say it's over. And I say it's girl over. I mean, over. <laughs> <laughs>